Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. And we're back. Part three of This is Chase and Rants, entitled Pizza and Transgendered Prostitutes. Once again, this is part of a three-part docu-series detailing the life of one of the most, if not the most, polarizing figure in all of professional wrestling. I am the Duke host of the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, and I will say once and for all again, the purpose of this docu-series uh, in no way, shape, or form is an endorsement of anyone, nor is it a I gotcha or negative takedown or anything of that nature. This is legitimately a news program, and I've reached out to a person who was a, a primary subject of some pretty serious things here. And again, you know, we've we've read a lot about Chase and Rants. We've we've heard people talk about Chase and Rants, but this is really the first time that anyone's gotten a long form conversation with Chase and Rants, where uninterrupted, he's able to just detail everything from his perspective. So in this third and final part here, Chasen answers some of the questions that have been uttered and really are on people's minds most. You know, we, we delve into a lot of things that you've been waiting to hear about. So without further ado, here we are. This is Chasen Rants Part 3, Pizza and Transgendered Prostitutes. But yes, I do have some questions and I want to start with just some stuff that, you know, a lot of people talk about you. And when they talk about you, there are certain things that have happened within more current times that they bring up. Mm -hmm. What is the whole situation with the young lady that Teddy Hart brought to your school and she disappeared and all this other stuff here? I mean, what can you say, if anything, about what that's all about? Because it's, it's a pretty confusing story the way it's told by everybody else. No problem. And I'll tell you everything. So uh, I've known Teddy Hart since 2004. And I think I might have mentioned in part one when I had Jack Evans stay with me. Um, he always had girls around him. And uh, times he's sent a girlfriend down to me to stay with me for a week before he came down. Um, so he's coming down. He said, hey, it's me, uh, Paul Fresh, this guy that he's worked with a lot that he's known that's a uh, older a uh, black man that uh, was really into martial arts. And I'm not sure the whole story on everything because whatever, it's Teddy Hart and people he's around. And this girl, Samantha. And he told me about her. He's like, oh, we just got just got her fake boobs. Uh, she has three kids. Uh, they're going to stay with the mother. And we're coming down, the three of us. Uh, we'd like to crash with you. And Larry and I and others just like, no, like we can do this for a small period of time. But you guys got to find your own place. So they came down. Uh, my girl at the time did not like Samantha walking around the house in just her sports bra and uh, had to talk to her about that. Shortly after staying, they started staying with this one student that was from, I think, New Jersey. And he had money and he'd only trained with me a little bit. He had other training, but Teddy is able to find people at times with money and tries to latch onto them and did it with a few other students of mine. And I'd always tell my students, Teddy Hart is very talented. He's very smart and he's also very manipulative. I love Teddy. Teddy's insane, but I will be there for him because he's a human. He cares. He's passionate while he's a little nutty at times. He's also one that's gotten the short end of the stick, but he's also been a little nuttier. But man, some of the stories that go out about him, that if people knew like the real story as well, it's like they just attack him for things he, it's, it's not like how it seems. And, you know, if, whatever. I mean, I, I know more of the situations. And with that, uh, I'll jump into that a little. I'll, I'll say a little bit, but the special needs kid that he was taking care of, this, his, the kid's mother would take in a bunch of kids just to get lots of money. And then one time I was at a party with my little brother because my little brother has tattoos and he has a small record. Um, 
she accused him of stealing the phones. And it was one of the other special needs kids that stole the phone. And I just never went back to one of the other parties because I just didn't want to, I just didn't like that. I didn't like that atmosphere, that environment to where um, supposedly Ted uh, beat the kid up, but really the kid had lit a candle that was, I think it was Machiko's. I think that's who he was dating at the time. Machiko's candle or something. It was like her grandfather or something. I don't know if Ted told me a crazy story, but anyways, that's not what we're talking about right now. Samantha Fiddler. So they end up, the three of them end up staying with this kid, Daniel, and they're coming to training. And I told my students, do not take Teddy money. Do not go on these booking trips with him because I learned firsthand that, you know, <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll use that. He'll manipulate it. He'll do what he can. In the meantime, if there's money, like, I don't know what his situation where he thinks like he can just play with money or just comes around and does what he can. But yeah, Teddy's nutty. Um, Teddy, Samantha, and Paul stayed with Dan. At some point, Ted moved to Texas. They had broken up. I'm trying to think who was getting with who or what. Anyways, it, I wasn't around the situation too much. Ted moved to Texas. Sam reached out to me and said, hey, uh, uh, can I come back to training? She hadn't been there in a bit because I think a lot of times Ted, when I went to Calgary with the Hart family, I was the one pushing to get to the gym and get to the ring more than Ted was when he wanted to drive around and uh, play training day. Not actually the game, but be Denzel Washington in that movie. Uh, I told Sam, I said, Hey, look, it's uh, right then it was $200 a month to train. I understand you probably don't have money. So here's another school where they're just starting. It's not that great of a school but there's not that many people in there and they'll probably train you for free. And she said, thank you. And she went there. She got a job. I'm not sure if this was before or after, but with uh, the guy that shoots a lot of my videos, not any bad videos, just a wrestling fan that comes to shows. His name's Carlos LeBron. He's Carlos Indy on YouTube. And he's got a lot of my stuff there. Got her a job working uh, on a lawn company. And maybe she started hooking up with Carlos's boss or something, but she got arrested and I, someone said it was arrested for prostitution. I'm not sure. So I don't know exactly what the situation was. And then when she got out, you know, nobody heard from her. And her sister wrote me online and said, Hey, uh, we don't know what's going on with Sam. Since she got out, we don't, we don't know where she is. And I said, Oh, she's like, have you talked to her? I said, I haven't spoken to her since I sent her over to this other wrestling school. Um, here's all the information there. Here's that school's information. Here's Carlos's information who, uh, was working with her contact them. I have no idea what's going on. And then, then this was all in the beginning. So this is years ago. And then more recently in the past year or so, I have uh, former students that I've kicked out because of, uh, vandalism and other things that they did. They got, they got caught on camera doing. Between them and others, I don't know the Samantha Army or what is up, but I've done everything. I've had different police officers, investigators, all these things come to me to talk to me, and I tell them everything. They're like, thank you for your cooperation. I said, of course. You know, I hope you, hope you can find this girl. I don't know what happened. I barely talked to her that much because Ted always kind of has his crew always kind of in line where nobody wants to outspeak this speak Ted because he sometimes creates these stories to everybody so everybody's just kind of quiet for the most part uh so i don't know what happened to sam my guess or just in my mind is she just wanted to get away from it her mother was taking care of her kids she might have found a boyfriend and that just might be my happy perception of what happened i really didn't know her that well uh she was nice and polite i don't i didn't get to talk to that much but i, I didn't feel she was the most intelligent girl but when she was training with me, I did my best to train her. Um, she, I just remember her being like a little ditzy and not really being able to get it. And if there was somebody that does really well, like I've trained people that maybe couldn't afford it, but it's like, wow, that person is money. Or I was training somebody to help them get ready for a WWE thing and they couldn't quite afford it. So it's like, I can help them out. But like, I can't waste my time for someone who just learned about pro wrestling that even wanted to do MMA that like just wasn't really focusing on it. So if you don't focus as much, like I can't help you out. So uh, she, she was gone and I have no idea what happened. Teddy has no idea what happened. He was gone. 
we're all gone and we just do whatever we can, but it's really easy to point blame at myself and at Teddy when we had nothing to do with it. We don't even know what's going on. So, <laughs> all right. So, so you have nothing to do with this young lady's disappearance. You didn't do anything to her. Nothing crazy like that. Nothing at all. The only thing I told her she had to disappear from my school because she couldn't pay me. She went to the other school and then I hadn't seen her or heard from her since then. And then years later, all this stuff comes up. It's like, uh, I have no idea. I don't know what benefit it would do for me or Teddy to do anything to this girl. What would it benefit us? Why would we have done anything to her? She was a girl that dated Ted. Ted had different girlfriends at times. You know, he got tired of them and they just split. She stayed living with Dan. Ted went to Texas. Paul Fresh got arrested for something. And then Paul tried condom. saying, oh, Teddy did this or something. Not as far as uh, not as far as anything to Sam, but just as far as like throwing who under the bus for whatever situation with some videotapes with the ex-wife and ex-girlfriend with all just the craziness that Ted goes through. And while Ted says he doesn't want to be uh, talked too much about like my legal stuff at times, I, I, he goes through a lot of stuff. I don't know. He he has girls around him and they got to him, too. But as far as Samantha Fiddler, we have no idea. And I would love for something to come out and, and not so much for us, but I just like to know if she's OK or what's going on and just put that to rest. Because I, I feel so bad for her, for her sister and her mother. I don't, the kids, I don't really think know her because they were so I don't I don't know the situation. I, I really don't know her that well. There was a, a more recent situation where a transgendered prostitute, they posted some things online and said that you you, you threatened to kill them or, or something like that. So can we once and for all from Chase and Rance, can we hear uh, what the hell was that all about? So um, one time, not one time, I mean, I deal with this stuff all the time, but before uh, one of one of my shows, I told everybody there's a meeting. Uh, 10 or 15 minutes before doors open. And I had a, and I, but I had a private meeting with four of my biggest guys right beforehand to let them know, Hey, I'm going to call out these two people. I need you to get them out of here. Make sure they get all their stuff. Don't do anything physical to them. Just make sure they leave and try to make sure they don't talk to the fans. So uh, I sat up in the corner and uh, at the team vision dojo, right before the, I believe in wrestling event. And the one kid was asking me, what matches am I refereeing? The other one's like, what am I wrestling? I said, hang on, we're just going to have a meeting beforehand. There were three issues I had to go over. I can't remember the first one. The second one was, if you no longer train with us, whatever the situation is, do not tell promoters that we train you currently to get bookings because then you end up doing it. You lied to them. We're a part of the show. And then we have issues. And third, so all you guys know, I don't have to be here. I could be at home. I could be in Miami. I could be at the beach every day. I could be doing real estate. I could be having fun with my family, but I do this because I'm passionate about it. I care about professional wrestling and I care about all of you. You guys put your money and your efforts into my business and to working here. And we're all supposed to do this collectively. So for any of you, MFers that are going to go to my home and vandalize it. And I called them out. You, you get your stuff and get the F out of here. I don't want to see you guys here ever again. We're not pressing charges. We're not doing this. I just want you out and I don't want to see you again. And one of them says, Oh, that's fair. And I'm like thinking, that's not fair. I'm being nice to you guys. Um, so between them and this other promoter that I had been doing ring rentals for them and it's just like a goof, like a like a BS wannabe ECW thing where they still talk crap. I mean, oh, we don't associate with him. When we found out all this, it's like, no, there's nothing new you found out. I never kissed your butt. Um, I was trying to help you make things better. Uh, you started booking backyarders and lying to people and doing this. And he was screwing with like doing shady deals with people and like trying to screw over their bookings and stuff. And then you'd have people in WWE blasting the person for either something that they said about me or something they did for somebody else in the company. And I'd tell the people in WWE, Hey, 
you're in WWE. Don't worry about this. Don't give these people any more attention. Just let it be. Let's handle it from the inside and not worry about giving them attention on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever the situation is. Just leave them be. Uh, so like when I cut you out, it's like, just don't talk to me. I'm not going to like come after you or anything. Just leave me alone. I want to, I have my own stuff to focus on. I have my students who are paying to be with me. I have other people that need my help. I have people in WWE and other big companies that ask me to critique their things and the other schools that I help out with, with their students that ask for my help as well. Um, so at times these guys would send pizzas and prostitutes to my house And again, I don't eat red meat or pig. And they would always send like a meat lover's pizza and they would send male, female, transgender, transgender prostitutes. And half the time I wasn't even home. And 90 something percent of the time, Larry is answering the door. And so 1130 at night, one night I'm in bed and uh, with my now girl or whatever. Um, I'm in bed and I hear Larry saying, Jason, get down here. I'm like, Oh God. And I was like half asleep and 1130 is actually like, I'm usually up. And for some reason, I don't remember why, but I was like passing out and I wish I would have brought my phone downstairs, but I just left it upstairs on charge. And I came downstairs and Larry's like, you got some guests. And, uh, at the door was a guy, a girl. And, uh, <laughs> I forget if it was this one or another time a guy came, but like dressed in just these weird outfits and then two pizza guys from different pizza companies. And I'm like, Hey guy. And I, I remember my eyes cause she was out of it. And this woman is like trying to be like, Oh, Hey sweetie, you called for me. I said, no, I've been getting uh, prostitutes. And I don't know if I used the word prostitutes, but I forget what word I used. I might've said that. Um, I've been getting uh, pranks nonstop between pizza. I asked the pizza guy, I said, Hey, is, uh, is there meat on that pizza? Like, yeah. I'm like, I don't eat meat. I'm guessing none of you guys got any money ahead of time. Right. Like, no. And then one of the, the guy prostitute was asking the uh, pizza guy for the pizza. And he's like, no, you got to pay for it. Um, and the transgender, which I didn't even realize, I thought it was a woman. Um, was showing me the phone. I said, Hey, um, that's not my number. I have a 407 number, not a three, two, one number. Um, also that's not how you spell my name. It's C H A S Y N not Y S N. I don't spell my name wrong. It's one of my pet peeves. Um, and I don't know who Richie is because they're saying like, I'm going to send Richie to get you or something like that. <clears throat> Actually, I think the Richie thing might've happened later. I, um, yeah, the Richie thing happened after that. Uh, so I just said, look, that's not me. And every time the, not the pizza so much, but the prostitutes always say, well, can I get some money? I said, no, you got to get out of here. I'm calling the police right now. If you don't leave, because there was like one time when they try to stay. I'm like, you could stay. I'm calling the police. I didn't do anything. I didn't call you guys. I didn't do any of this. So you can hang out and talk to the police and tell them that you're not getting your money for being a prostitute. And you can go down to the station and deal with that. Um, so anyways, I, she's, so she said like, okay, sweetie. Well, so you know that um, they're messing with you and. I said, all right, well, you know, that's not me. So just don't talk to them. And I forget if I even said something like I could have said like, hey, you could, and I wish I would have like, hey, message them now. Say, hey, I'm at the door. Will you answer the door? And they would have probably, they would have came back with some excuse like, oh, hey, I'll be right there kind of thing. When it's like, hey, I'm at the door with you. Can't you see? But I was just out of it. Um, so I send them all on their way. I go upstairs and I go to sleep. I wake up in the morning and my Twitter is blowing up. And like every once in a while, there's some mornings when I wake up, it's like, oh, what did someone do today now that gets my name brought up in this? And she has like a three page thing that says this. Is, and, a, and she posts my phone, not my phone number, the phone number on there. And she writes, uh, oh, I wasn't supposed to post the phone number. I said, no, 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 post the phone number. It's not my number. This is not me. And I'm like, who is Richie? Who is Richie? And I'm like, I have an uncle, Richie. And eventually I figured it out that the person who it was, you know, the crew that I kicked out, who've been doing all these pranks. I'm like, Oh, Richie, they mean Richard Velasquez, who is Aaron Epic. Who's one of my assistant trainers um, who got called out on the speaking out movement thing because he had a wife and he was sleeping with other girls and they got mad at him. So I don't know if that's a whole speaking out thing. We had a lay low, but he just said he picked his family over this, which it's crazy. Cause he got with this girl that was dating one of my other students that wanted to get married. I said, Hey, you guys are young. Maybe don't look, she's looking at all these other guys. Like she wants them. So I'm suggesting you don't marry her. And then Epic ended up marrying her. Um, but whatever, 
Uh, she's nice to me. Uh, so he's just not around because he lied to these girls saying like he was going to leave her or whatever. But uh, anyway, so that's who the Richie was. And I, and I joked at class that night just because it was so ridiculous, all this stuff. Like I have to laugh about these things because it's ridiculous. Um, oh, and then someone else on Twitter, I think either before or after there, something was saying that I was, uh, I tried to tell them they could train with me if they traded uh if i traded training for sex with them and it was a guy and i've never had anything with a guy nor do i want anything with a guy uh no offense uh not, not to you obviously to like anybody out there i have a lot of gay fans that i'm very polite with and friendly but not my thing um one of the students i said hey did i ever offer a free training for sex with any of you guys girls whatever and one of the guys was like no i wish you would have and he wasn't gay he was just playing around i said okay so we kind of laugh all this stuff off the of training um, and I, I'm like, and then I think class was, like, I said, all right, Richie, see you later. He's like, don't call me that. And we just did it a joke. Cause it was just so stupid. This transgender that thought I like hired her to come there. And then I got scared and the majority, I'm not majority, everybody for the most part, like knows it's crap because they're like, Jason's always around hot girls. Like, why would he call this person? This whole thing makes no sense. This is obviously a setup. Um, and then I couldn't believe this the other day. I'm gonna throw him under the bus. Kevin Owens who had been super cool. Like I met him in 04 in a Jersey all pro when I wrestled Sammy Zayn, El Generico. And then in ring of honor, he's like saying hello to me. And um, I'm like, Oh, Hey, nice to meet you. Like, Oh no, I'm, I'm Kevin Steen. We met over at Jersey. I'm like, okay. And he was always a very polite guy. And then um, a little over a year ago, right before the pandemic hit, we were, uh, I had the new wrestling school. I built a place three times the size um, the actual, the whole Samantha Fiddler thing is what got me kicked out of my, and I don't even talk about that. I didn't even tell anybody typically the majority. I didn't tell people that we got kicked out, but I'd been at this one facility for 12 years and they knew about all my situations, stuff like that. They'd even asked us at times if we wanted to leave because I would run shows inside my building as bonus shows aside from the bigger shows I was running, but I draw over a hundred people and the bay door was open and we'd have crowds and it was huge, huge shows I was running even to where. And if I mentioned this or I didn't mention it, I'd ask, and I don't think I did actually, I'd ask the crowd at times when I was there during my interviews or whatever, like, Hey guys, I know um, my situation and all, and the internet doesn't look favorable on me. If you guys don't want me here, no, Jason, we love you. Oh, we love you, Jason. No, stay. So you guys do want me to stay and you want me to wrestle. Yeah, Jason, why? We love you. Sorry. You know? So it's like, I had to look at the people that I was providing to and when times when i had stopped wrestling to try to like take heat off of me the house attendance would go down and people would ask me to come back and then i'd come back when a situation would arise where they needed me to wrestle or i needed myself to wrestle because i didn't have enough people or i didn't have something good enough for the show so i'd do it and things would go back and be an up and down thing um but anyways the whole thing with the transgender prostitute i've never done anything like that hired that the whole thing's ridiculous and it was proven in some uh some dirt sites wrote that, uh, Hey, this is the, uh, the scumbag promoter that did it. That's just after chasing. And, uh, even, and then the transgender prostitute still wouldn't take the thing down, even though it's proven just because again, somebody that might not be that intelligent, that doesn't get it. And the whole thing made no sense. And I don't know. I, I'm just, I keep having a minority report that movie in my head. where at the end when he's supposed to kill the guy, because there's all this evidence of all this stuff. And they're like, this is an orgy of evidence. This doesn't make sense. This stuff doesn't happen. So just all the crazy stuff. People just love all the drama with these stories that aren't true when the true stuff could actually be more interesting when I didn't do any of this. I'm just trying to enjoy my nice bed and trying to sleep and not calling any transgender prostitutes or getting meat lovers pizza. And I barely even eat pizza because I'm really healthy. So, so just to recap here, Jason, because you know, you and I, I mean, this is hours of uh, you sharing your perspective and, and, and what happened in your own words here. Uh, so I want to recap before I even ask any further questions. Number one, you did have sex with a minor. Yes. Number two, you are not responsible for the disappearance of uh, Samantha Fiedler. Correct. Number three, you did not threaten a transgendered prostitute. Correct. Okay. Okay. Because I know that those all three of those points are, are points that 
are the main points that people talk about when they talk about chasing rents. So, you know, they're, they're everyone has it right there in, in, in one place. But to, to go on the recap, I just want to say, cause while I had sex with a minor, she wasn't a virgin. She wasn't a little kid. She wasn't prepubescent. And it was a dumb thing that I did. But again, I did not have sex with a, I don't think, I don't believe I had sex with a child. Jason, do you feel sex offenders should be in the wrestling industry as, as a whole and, and even training children? It would depend the person. So in my situation, yes, I'm a very good trainer. And, but I, I mean, what it's just, it's a title that I have. It's a, it's a bad title that I have because I did something stupid and the way it is uh, viewed right now is awful um, because there's no tier level in Florida, but should somebody be leery if they brought their 17 year old daughter to me? Maybe, but probably not because I don't want to be with any minors or anything like that. That was never my intention. And especially now, I mean, I was 25 at the time I'm 38. Now I'm really not looking at anybody that young, even someone in their early twenties looks way too young for me. This is just a one time in like the, just the incident where it was a family kind of affair and I had known her. It's not like I'm patrolling middle schools or high schools or anything like that. And I've turned away plenty of girls over the years. That's like, mm, not sure about your age or if you're lying to me or not. So as far as, you know, to each, to each their own, like I, you know, I mean, I think there's so many other like worse crimes, like stuff that Michael Vick did. Um, just other things like that. Anyways, I just don't want to put, uh, sex offenders on a, on an even playing field because some of the stuff that some people have done, I mean, they shouldn't be, I, I, I don't necessarily believe in the death penalty, but some of these people shouldn't be like, I don't want to say they shouldn't see the light of day, but there's something, uh, there's a chemical imbalance wrong, or there's something wrong with their head from that to murders to things like that, that might've happened through some genes over the years or something that's happened through their life. That's caused these things and things are situational and, you know, just whatever those situations should be handled. My situation is not that I'm trying to come after kids or anything like that, but if there was somebody, you know, lock them up and give them as much mental help as they uh, can get. And as long as they're not like able to hurt anybody else, great. But at my time, like I'm not trying to do any of that stuff to anybody. I'm just trying to train people to be the best pro wrestlers they can. And if, uh, you know, I end up dating a beautiful woman that's of age, you know, that stuff happens. But again, I'm not trying to go after any kids like that by any means. Jason, there are uh, social media pages in accounts that are dedicated to reaching out to anybody that trains with you, does business with you or who have in the past. And these accounts, you know, they, they call these folks out. They, they shame them. They try to uh, link whatever other promotions or people they do business with and, and say, well, you know, this person uh, is friends with Chase and Rance. And should you really be booking this person? Should you really do business with that person? Um, you know, everybody has seen it. It it happens on a on a pretty regular basis. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's fair? Oh, not at all. I mean, it's just they have nothing better to do. They just have nothing better to do, I feel, or they think they're doing something good. I, I do think that there are a small portion of people out there that think they're doing something good that benefit that they're trying to benefit the world, but they just don't know the story. And once they know the story, the majority of them are pretty cool. And then there's the other ones that just want to attack me. But then there's also the ones that are, that feel that they are trying to do something good because something happened in their life that they relate to, that they think something happened, that I'm part of that same problem. So I think they, uh, take it out on me, not realize my situation is most likely different than their situation. So, I mean, it's not fair to me. It's not fair to the people I work with. And I don't want to say half and half, but like some continue to work with me and some just say, Hey, I can't like Matt Morgan, for example, he was, uh, he would always, uh, he became the mayor of Longwood. He was doing stuff with me. He was going to do my ribbon cutting ceremony at my new place that we had uh, right before the pandemic. But then, uh, 
because the mayor and everything, he was freaking out because some people started saying, uh, oh, you're working with this sex offender. And Matt calls me, he says, hey, can you take the stuff down on social media? Can we do this? Can we do that? I'm like, he's like, can I act like I didn't know what was going on? I'm like, you know the situation, you know all this. He was just worried about his political career. And then I don't know what happened because he got in trouble the other day being affiliated with Greenberg and Gates or whatever the situation, because he ran a show the other day and didn't do it through me because even after we ran our first show and then we were going to run another show later where he couldn't use me, I had another uh, company through another business partner to run it under that name. And then we think that there might have been a chance that he didn't use us this time because he knew he was going to get in trouble. And we have other uh, people that are judges and things like that that didn't want to get that wouldn't have wanted to get tied into that. So whether that was the situation or not, you know, some people bail on me and then other people work with me. And like this past. So since we talked, I've ran three shows, um, kind of. I ran my show at the, at the Team Vision Dojo Pro Wrestling Vision that past Thursday when we did the interview. Then on that Saturday, I was actually supposed to run a show for Tony DiNucci, who did AWF, who was the AWA job guy in the late 90s or early 90s, late 80s. Um, but he had a canceling show. He's like, please don't be mad at me where I was doing the ring rental. I was running the whole show. I was doing everything. I said, I'm not mad at you. Just tell me I got to call another promoter because I was helping do another show for JB Cool at FEW at Reformania in Miami. So I called JB because he needed more people to where I got him with uh, some of my guys at the uh, Clearwater School, the Psy Dojo, that's not the Team Vision Dojo Clearwater, which it should be, to uh, these Chilean wrestlers who reached out to me. And I told them that uh, they're like, oh, we're trying to hone our skills at this place and this place, and we'd like to come work for you. I said, well, look, those places, uh, no offense, but some offense, uh, you're not going to learn as much there as you're going to learn from me. Because again, like I've mentioned before, I'm a smart guy and I have a lot of really good trainers and I care about the stuff and I want to say, oh, good job or whatever. So um, I run the show in Miami. And so the side dojo guys were like, hey, Jason, can you please watch our match? Um, one of the guys complained from another school that had just they another school that don't run shows that they just charge a ridiculous amount of money. Um, you probably think and whoever's listening is probably thinking about the wrong school. But uh, they'd reach out to me. So I started doing like extra events where I could use them as tryout guys. And then they reached out saying, hey, uh, sorry, uh, I can't work for you anymore. Well, you weren't actually working for me. I was giving you an opportunity. If anything, you were working for me. I mean, he was uh, the students there would generate people to come to the events to see them wrestle. Uh, so one of the guys complained to the promoter, JB Cool. And said, oh, I can't be on the show with Chase. And, and JB kind of told him just to F off. You can, there's the door. And I, and he was wrestling Chaz in the opening. Um, JB had a partner who kind of like turned on him or something. So I ended up doing whatever I can to help out. JB Cool and I were uh, tag partners back in 99. Um, so I'm helping JB put the show together. He's just concerned. He's like, all right, we need to have eight matches. I'm like, all right, I got the Chilean guys. I got the side guys. I got a few of my guys. And there's people from that other school. And, uh, so I tell Chaz, I said, Hey, the one guy is complaining about me. And he's like, what the Chaz from the headbangers. Um, and he just kind of like, what a, like he like blew the guy off. And also the guy who's like 23 is like moving around. He's like, Oh, I'm getting old. He's not oh, my body. And Chaz's like, how old are you? He's like 23. And Chaz's like, Oh my God, I'm almost 50. And you're complaining about this. Give me a break. And then after the, during the, after the match, Chaz comes in, he's like, uh, I chopped the guy in the crowd goes one more. He's like, please no. And then the guy also messed up his finish and uh, he messed up the finish, came to the back. And then there's 20 chairs in the locker room and he goes behind Chaz and starts grabbing a chair underneath. He's like, Chaz, are you using this chair? And Chaz looks at him like, no, I'm standing. Okay. Thank you. And he pulls the chair away. I'm like, and Chaz and I joked about it later. He's like, there are 20 chairs. You took that one away. Chaz is telling me about that, uh, about how he was just, such a wuss in the ring. And then the first match got refereed by the guy that was hosting it. And I told, asked one of the Chilean guys, I'm like, Oh, you have black pants on. Here's a ref shirt. Can you go referee a couple matches and let me figure out what else is going on? JB was focusing on his, uh, tag match, which he just like squashed some of these guys. Uh, so the first match happened there and then there was nobody ref. So then I just said, give me black pants. I have a ref shirt. I went to the ring. I refereed the second match, third match, fourth match, fifth match, sixth match. And I still had another match. Um, so I booked the whole show like, okay, JB, you just want third match. We need to do it with this person. All right, Chilean guys, you can do a three-way. The other Chilean, we need in this tag match. Um, 
So the side dojo guy's like, hey, can you please watch my match? But I ended up refereeing it. And in the match, I'm giving everybody critiques. Hey, card camera's over there. Hey, sell with your eyes open. Pin him. Do this, do that. Hey, you got to need a powder. Have a break. So I'm, I'm coaching everybody in the ring. And even at the same time, when JV was in the match, I'm like telling him, like, I knew what the finish was. And I'm like, JV, you're not the legal guy. He's like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, okay, I'll just count for you, even though we're kind of dose in my eyes. Um, so then I'm giving critiques to uh, some of the students from the other school where that guy was complaining about me. And the guy was trying to like, like, oh, you shouldn't take advice from Jason. But now these guys are coming to me like, oh, crap. We've heard all these horror stories about you, but oh man, you're, you're like teaching us. I helped them in the ring. I helped them get better in the ring. I helped them put the stuff together to explain why you shouldn't do this or you should do that. And they're all coming more to me, but then you still have that one that's just like afraid that's like the detractor. And he was like the worst one of the crew. So I feel bad for people that have left my school over these incidences and stuff because they just think bad. And then I just see them drift off into obscurity and it's very rare. And a lot of my students say like, hey, this person was with you. This person was good. And then they stopped training with you and they're not. I said, yeah, that's, that's how it goes. Um, so I run all these, I try to run all these shows. I try to do everything I can. If some people want to think I'm a monster, you know, it's, it's to their own detriment at times. And I'm just trying to do my best to help everybody as a collective to that show. I ran to the show that I ran last night to uh, getting there to where the promoter, Tony Nucci said he fell down a flight of stairs and I had to do everything, put the whole show together. And then had Anyways, I, and, and he didn't want me wrestling on the show as myself, even though there wasn't that many people, wouldn't have been an issue, but it wasn't a big deal. I just ran the show and then critiqued my students through it. And, and even asked the students, cause we kind of got screwed over a little bit on like how much we should have gotten. And there weren't enough fans there for them to make a lot of money on merchandise to where the after party was a bust. So there wasn't food there and I asked all my students, I said, Hey, here's the deal. You know, we have to set up the ring. We have to do the show. It's a long days. Like it's good reps for you guys, but I don't want my students to, I want my students to also like, do you want to do this? Or do you not want to do this? And they all gave me the answer that I wanted them to give me like, Hey, yeah, it's good reps. It's hard work. I make it very easy on my students to get to wrestle as much as they can to train as much as they can. I have good rings for them. And then when stuff gets a little bit harder, like just doing a ring setup, doing a show where it's like BS, like you hear about all this stuff on the Indies where it's like all this times and no money, no this, all these hours wasted to where when all my stuff is so good. And then we have something that's like a smidgen of the problems. I just try to make sure my guys aren't being a prima donnas or anything. But if they said, Oh, we really didn't have a good time. I might've told Tony like, Hey, we got to fix this, but they were all cool with it. Everything worked out well. Tony tried saying, how, oh, why is the show so long? Why is the show this, that? And I came back at them. So I'll, I'll fight for my stuff again behind the scenes. I'm running lots of shows and running lots of training. And the people in the know come to me. The people that don't know go away sometimes. Jason, when you have uh, new students, do you let them know about everything? Because I think there's a little confusion about that. I'm not sure, and, and maybe you can answer this for me. Are, are you required to talk about the fact that you're a registered sex offender? So that's number one. And number two, whether you're required or not, do you let them know ahead of time? I am not required to tell anybody about my legal situation. I've never had a knock on a door. I've never had to do anything like that. However, I talk about it. Um, if it's any of my minors, like I talk to their parents right away. Like I just, um, uh, one of my new students who's a six, uh, a mother came in there the other day and we sat down, we talked and I said, all right, Hey, I had one of the students take the kid to the ring and show it to him a little bit. And I sat with her and I said, Hey, uh, I just want to tell you in 2008, I was having a party and I had sex with an underage girl. And I told a little bit of, she's like, Oh, okay. Well, I'm guessing you don't want to be with my kid. I said, no, I don't want, she's like, Oh, we're cool. Um, the main incident that I see online is, and I couldn't believe this, but like the Izzy girl, that's the uh, Bailey fan. Um, I do these, I do these open houses at a time pre COVID where whether I free or 10 bucks or five bucks or whatever it is. Um, I figure I started charging more because if you, if you do something and you don't charge, there's a good chance you'll never find people that do pay. So even if you uh, charge five, $10, at least, you know, they have a couple of bucks and they're willing to put something in. Um, so Izzy shows up with her dad. And right away, I pulled Izzy's dad in the office and I said, hey, because I saw that there were tweets about us. I said, hey, I'm sure you've uh, seen the stuff on Twitter. He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, you know, here's the situation. He's like, oh, I know. We're cool. I'm like, all right, cool. Good. Um, and then shortly thereafter, like I forget if it was that or what was online or someone saying that saying I lied. I was at another event 
where my students were wrestling for a rise, the women's promotion. And uh, I don't remember if she tried speaking out of turn to me or something, but she's like, you lied. And I said, I said, please talk to your husband. The second I saw you guys there, I spoke to him. I pulled him in the office. No, you didn't. I'm like, and then one of my students' fathers who knew the family said, don't even try to explain to them. They just use Izzy to try to get into things and stuff like that. They're not the most intelligent people. And there's just no, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to deal with it to where um, later. And I think this might, I don't know what happened with this, but uh, there was a show where they were using Izzy and she wasn't training with me. She was training elsewhere, kind of. And they had this guy, Effie, choke slam her and uh, take a bump. And it's like, whoa, I, I don't have any of my kids bumped. I don't even have my students bump in the first month. There's all these roles that they could do, but I just don't want any of my kids to stunt their growth. So for this girl that was like 12 or whatever at the time, for her to take a choke slam from somebody that, I don't know if Effie's like six foot or whatever, I've wrestled from a couple times. I thought we were cool, but again, somebody in WWE was saying, don't blame Chaser for this. He doesn't have anything to do with it. And I told her, don't, don't, write, about, don't write about stuff that doesn't have to do with WWE. Um, I don't know if I was, I was, I remember sitting at home at the table, um, right underneath where I'm standing in my bedroom, um, downstairs. And I, I know I was uh, drinking a little bit that I was in, I wasn't doing anything illegal. And I think I tweeted some stuff that I might've deleted and maybe that caused the rip between Effie and I. Um, I don't know if I said something about how messed up it was for someone to choke slam someone like that. There's so many other ways to do it. Like you can do a back break or you different things like that where you can control, but to bring a little kid up in the air and slam them into the mat to all that, it's, it's just awful. And I was just very mad about that. Um, Cause I think, Oh, I think Lindsay Dorado is like, how could you let this happen? I'm like, Whoa, this has happened like in Tampa. This is not my show. I have nothing to do with it. I'm not even training that girl. I don't know what's going on. Um, so that was that. Um, I, and then I don't know, there's another subject. Like I was wrestling Effie at the very first fest show. He told me it wasn't gay. I do a spot where, uh, we do a kissing spot or something. And then he told me he was gay later. And other. I don't know. Anyways, that doesn't matter. Um, do I tell people about my sex center? Yes, I do. Not all the time. I don't always, because a lot of times, like if I have like a big group come in or whatever, there's a bunch of people coming in. I don't always have time to talk about it or explain to it more so now though. And this is just over the years. Like sometimes I have, sometimes I haven't. And the majority of people always knew. Because like, it's not hard to see online. You look at who's your trainer, Jason Rance. Oh, here's a lot of good stuff about him and wrestling wise, but Oh, here's a lot of bad stuff. So I never even really had to a lot of times because everybody always knew, like I was, you know, infamous. Um, and then, uh, but again, to any of my kids, I do, there was, um, there was a girl lately that recently that was signing up and we were trying to work it out. And I'm like, oh, she has potential to do something. She could be good. She could be a good base for some of the other girls. She was like a good, like power lifter and stuff like that. And we worked out a deal where she can come to training. And then she says, you know, hey, after doing some research, I found this. Can you explain some of this? I'm like, oh. So I explained the whole thing to her. And I, she didn't come back, but I think she might have still had situational things. So now I just talk about it right off the bat. Again, I always like bring it up and always talk about it. And it always comes up. And I have the stuff in my office that talks about my legal situation. And again, to all of the kids, I talk about it every once in a while. It might slip through the crack, but I'm not doing anything illegal by not talking about it, but I still would rather be more upfront about it and have them know about it rather than finding out on their own. So majority of the time I'm upfront about it. I don't have to be, but I do my best to uh, tell them about it. And I'm just trying to think of any instance where I didn't really mention it. But, you know, again, I have I have a diary of the mouth about it at times because, like, all this other stuff's going on. And I just bring it up in conversation a lot too much, probably. It's just something that's on my mind all the time. Like I said, like, or like you mentioned last week, I got all emotional over stuff because this stuff is always weighing down on me. I did something stupid, and uh, I'm just getting attacked for it all the time. Jason, I, I, want, you to, um, I want you to take a step back for a second and, and- – be a third party. Mm-hmm. I, I want you to think about Chase and Rance. And, and let's say that you're familiar with the entire Chase and Rance story, right? It, you listen to this conversation. So you're pretty up to date on, on Chase and Rance and Chase and Rance's uh, own words, so to speak. How should the industry and, and beyond, how should Chase and Rance be remembered? <laughs> 
well, I'm not, I'm not dead yet. I'm not gone. I want to still uh, be able to provide uh, for wrestling. Like, I just don't feel like I've, I don't know. I don't want to use the word. I mean, putting any legacy out there or something like that. I, I want to keep going. I'd really love to try to put some of this behind me and get more of a, I'd really like to be able to get back on the scene and do more than I do now. Like I do enjoy being at home most every night and not being on the road. Cause sometimes the road was a pain in the butt to the goal that was WWE to where WWE can't really touch me right now, unless somehow I got this stuff fixed. And I don't know if it's going to take till, and you know, I, I don't necessarily want to be winning the world title like Tim storm at 50 something years old, but I plan on being in better shape than uh, Tim is at that age. Um, so I'm really hoping that there's some way to get through this. Cause I can go out there. I can, I make all my students better. I make all other wrestlers better when I work with them and get to teach them things. So I just feel like I can go out there and do much more. I just don't want to be the guy that had a couple matches in these big companies and disappear. I want to train people. I want to keep going. I'm um, the current place I'm at. My lease expires in the end of 2022. And I'm working on either we're looking at land or we're looking at other buildings. The real estate market's still going to, it's going to be a little even better by next year. So I'm looking to have a much bigger place and just do so much more. So I can't even like tell you what I'd want my legacy to be because, you know, there's, there's more to come. Well, Chase and Rance, you, you definitely have, um, you, you've spoken out in your own words. You definitely have covered a lot of ground here. Um, just to wrap this whole thing up here, do you have any, any closing remarks? Well, I want to say thank you for letting me tell this side. And there's just, there's so much, like we talked about whether a book or a movie or something, there's a lot in there. I think it's interesting. I think others would find it interesting. There's ways to do this. There's just, uh, there's a lot that I could provide for uh, people in wrestling. And then in other walks of life too, I try to give my students other uh, life advice on just anything. Cause I've gone through a lot and I know a lot of things and I just want to be there and I don't want to be viewed at as a monster. Cause I really don't think I am. And I'm just looking at, I, um, you know, I'm just there to try to help a lot of people and behind the scenes, I help others. Uh, I don't like to talk about it too much because I feel like if you do charity work and you talk about it so much, but you know, whatever, if anybody's listening to this long thing, like I've been trying to help Jimmy rave out who, uh, lost his arm. I donated some money to him and then privately I've also sent him some money as a loan, but then try to help him out with some uh, other uh, uh, PPP loans to try to help him pay for his prosthetic arms. And uh, I was trying to reach out to uh, uh, Steve Mongo McMichael yesterday because, and then right before we started the interview, like last week it was really tough because I had a bunch of friends that got fired, but I think the majority of them all will be fine. Uh, my stepdad who's suffering from ALS, uh, you know, I wanted to try to help him out. And I don't know why I was going to mention something before about my grandmother. He used to do, uh, who used to direct uh, off-Broadway plays. There is other stuff I wanted to talk about, but, you know, there's just so much of the situation. And if uh, I, I've talked for a while, so hopefully people can get some good stuff out of this. And uh, if there's any other follow-up interviews you want to do with me or if others want to i'm i'm easy to find you found me really easy you got a response from me right away it's not that hard to get in touch with me and if you want to do if somebody wanted to do a good piece or just talk a little bit more or had questions you know I, i'm around well you, you brought up a good point and you're absolutely right i i reached out to you and you know within 10 minutes you you responded right back so what is the best way that anyone who wants to interview you or, or talk to you about some things, what's, what's the best way that they can reach out to you? Uh, best way I'd say would just be email me at chasen, C-H-A-S-Y-N at gmail.com. So, I mean, that's one way there's Twitter. It's not hard to find my phone number. I constantly get called and attacked and this, it's easy to find my phone number. It's also easy to find my address. Don't just show up at my house though. Uh, but yeah, just email me chasen at gmail.com is the best. There you have it right there. I mean, you couldn't possibly get more detailed than that. This man covered just about every base possible. You know, he took us through his, his entire life story. And, you know, at the end there, he answered some of the, the biggest questions that people have asked and have not gotten a direct answer about till now. 
I do want people, everyone to know, I mean, you, you listen to this and I'm sure you have some strong feelings about it. You are encouraged to reach out on Twitter, on Facebook, to Duke Loves Wrestling. Uh, you can email me at DukeLovesWrestling at gmail.com. I have no issue with doing a second part to this entire docuseries in which people react to what they've heard here on, on these first three segments here of This is Chase and Rance. So I will absolutely do a reaction episode if, if there's enough interest in that. If people want to voice their, their opinions and, and what have you, you're more than welcome to do so. Again, I'm here to provide a 360 degree view of who this person is and what this person is about and some of the things that they've done, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, if you if you listen to the end there, you heard Chasen express interest in coming back and speaking some more. So I'm sure that uh, if we do a reaction episode, which I'm again, I'm more than willing to do. I'm sure Chasen will want to react to the reaction. So stay tuned for that. Um, you know, this is some heavy material. There's no two ways about it. There's some heavy material here. And however you feel about it, you're not wrong. So, you know, we all have opinions. We all have feelings. We all have personal experiences that shape the way we feel about everything. So you're not wrong. And nor is anyone else wrong about how they feel about this. So please keep that in mind there. Uh, once again, thank you. Thank you for listening to this three-part series. And please check us out at Duke Loves Wrestling. You know, the entire archive is on YouTube, iTunes, you name it. You can hear interviews. Um, this is what I do, you know, just set the table and, and, and let the person speak their mind. So with that said, be kind to yourselves, be kind to others. This is Duke Loves Wrestling. Take care.